Hello and welcome to episode number 47 of the Audio Podcast, as always with Jason and Alex Von Kennel. How are you this morning, my brother? I feel great. I had uh, an amazing sleep last night. Alex feels great. He's had an amazing sleep. He's also rubbing in the fact that I don't feel great because I've not had an amazing sleep because uh, Nate Dogs picked up another viral infection from daycare. So uh, I was up a fair bit last night. So just to apologise in advance because my brain's not working, I've already spilled coffee this morning. <laughs> so as, a, as kids... Jason was never allowed to have drinks in the lounge room because he, because he kept spilling it. Because he's got this weird... Th- so he does two things that are weird that people don't know about. Most people want to hold a cup, hold the cup with like a, um, a center point so it balances, so it always remains level. Jason's extremely ham-fisted and he'll just basically grab the cup and wherever his wrist action is is where the, where the cup is. So he used to spill stuff all the time. And he's just proven again. He just went and spilled all this coffee again so I've actually lent him some coffee out of my coffee I've given up some of my coffee for him for his um... so speaking of ham fist it actually segues really really well into what I just briefly wanted to address this morning because mm. I think if if you can remember back to episode number 44 which was the push for better episode when uh, Alex ran through some of his testing numbers mm. for for his weightlifting, uh, we got into a debate about uh, overhand or alternate grip on deadlifting, mm-hmm. and you were alternate grip pulling yourself over the alternate grip, saying, I think the line was something along the lines of, you don't want to let your grip deny the rest of your muscles the mm. weight that it deserves. Yep. Yeah, so then uh, the most important headline that you guys wouldn't have seen because the media hasn't shown it in the last week is that I sent the boys a video in the group chat of me deadlifting 160 kilos with double overhand grip. Okay. And that's good. That's really, that's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So I was, was, but my was told it wouldn't happen. No, and if you go back to the comments no, no, on episode 44, I was told it wouldn't happen. Obviously, you slip deprived because I said that once your grip becomes the limiting factor is mm. when you change grip. Yeah, so obviously my grip's not a limiting factor. Yeah, so yeah. you could probably go even more. Probably could. I've run out of weight yeah. at home. That's that's the problem. So okay, so do you want to take back what you just said? Because no, I'm not taking it back. Yeah, because go so. back to episode forty-four. But for but the no, record, to that's show what I said. that's what I said. I said when it becomes a limiting factor, it obviously hasn't become a limiting factor, so you can still get double a, a, a overhand. So that statement that I made was, okay. st- was still correct. I'll, I'll take that back, but I'll still just say for the record to show for the for the players at home. 160 kilo deadlift, 150 kilo deadlift. Cool. So I'm actually going to start my own training plan. Um, it's called Same Genetics, Better Results. It, so if anyone wants to subscribe to my training plan, you just let me know. Don't do anything th- for three months. Come and do a couple big lifts after, like after my testing. So after it, weeks after. <laughs> after I was sick. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, so you're saying with no training, I can still lift more than you? No, you you, oh, six, you lifted more. Six chin ups to two as well. By the you, way, you lifted more. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not denying, just want the record to show that. I'm, I'm not denying the facts, but yeah. I'm sticking to a program. That testing's over, so mm-hmm. I'm not testing again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep keep going until yeah, yeah, until we go again. Yeah. So. So yeah. Yeah. No. Good on you. That, that's Thank really you. good. Thank that's you. Really good. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, take the floor out. So I had an amazing sleep last night, but I was, <laughs> but I was chemically aided. Right. So a friend of mine has been telling me for years about melatonin mm-hmm. and I have no problem sleeping except for uh, there's only two things that make me have a not so great sleep and that is uh, if I if I'm sore from the gym mm-hmm. I think when I'm moving around because I'm a quite active sleeper mm. it wakes me up mm-hmm. and if I'm gaming I in you know, and I don't wind down after the game yeah yeah 
My, your I brain hasn't switched off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually set up my simulator, which I'll come back to um, <laughs> last night. You can catch me on Twitch TV. I'll put the link. What, what's your handle? Albatos. Albatos. Yeah. So, and I was these races. These races are hectic, and I had I had like a bit of a arm pump because I I I've upped my training <laughs> schedule as well. So my chest was like on fire because yeah. I'm sitting there like this. People can't see with a steering wheel in a setup that's not ergonomically designed. Double overhand grip on the steering wheel. Uh, alternate grip. Nine and three. Nine and three. <laughs> so when I had finished, I was like, "It was nine o'clock. That's my bedtime." And I'm like, oh, "I'm not going to sleep well. I'm jacked from this race. I won it. I'll tell you why I won it after." <laughs> so I thought, I've tried one melatonin, and I think I'm. I can't remember the the the. When I bought, there was like five different uh, strength levels, and I got like the lowest one. Can you explain to the viewers and listeners what melatonin is? No, I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natural occurring thing in the body, I believe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes you sleep. It, so, it's a supplement that yeah helps you sleep. So I, I thought I've had one, and my experience with having one, I feel like I'm in a different state of sleep. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my eyes get heavy. I feel, but my brain doesn't stop. So, but my body's tight, but my brain's not. So right. It's a really weird sensation. Is that is that how long have you been taking it for? Is that like every time you take it, or is that because you were wide, particularly wide that night, and then you've taken it? And it could, that's what you're basing it off. It could be a mix of both because I, I I don't I don't want to live off it, so I only take it when I think that I'm going to have trouble sleeping yeah, because okay. of some of those other factors. Yeah, right, right. So it might be a slightly skewed representation for of sure. what normal. Everyday melatonin intake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. yeah okay. But I took two last night. Right. And oh that, boy. Because that's what all the medical specialists say. Oh I was boy. exercised, but I took double. I, I went to sleep like straight away. And then when I I slept all the way through and then I was like, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, it was, it was great. So it is a natural thing. It's mm-hmm. cheap to get to. Like I think 50 tablets or something was... Nine dollars or something. Okay. So if if you if you do have some trouble sleeping, mm-hmm. get on it. Mm-hmm. Now going back to the sim. Mm-hmm. So I used to have. So I still have an iRacing uh, subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, iRacing is it's not a game. It's a simulator, mm-hmm. and you race with people all around the world. It's very competitive, and you can't just go and bomb dive into someone because you actually lose license points, and you can you can actually get to the point where you get kicked off the game. Mm-hmm. So you've got to race proper. But because I live in a unit and it's not my unit, I don't necessarily have this space to have this cool games room. Mm-hmm. Plus, I've just got this new fancy computer. I really want to leverage the power of that computer to play this game. Right. So I've got like a... It's a it's called a play seat. It's full Alcantara. cost me a fortune back in the day. <laughs> but I reckon I can resell it for a profit. They're that cool. It's a fold-out Alcantara race chair, <laughs> which you and then you sit a little like there's a little deck that goes over your lap. And that's where you put the steering wheel. It's got a little fold-out thing for the feet where you put your pedals. Mm-hmm. But it's just not practical to have that set up. And like our place is very aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And having seen a simulator like sitting there, it doesn't look very good. Right. So that's barred. That's barred from the house. And fair, fair enough. So I wanted to just have the steering wheel set up in front of the computer. Mm-hmm. But 
typical fashion, just like when I tried to set up my microphone for my streaming setup, mm. the lip on the bottom of my desk is too thick, so nothing fits it. Right, yeah, okay. Like no clips, clip on top. Yeah, the clamps. Yeah, okay. The clamps yeah. don't stretch that far. Mm-hmm. So I brought one of these bad boys. These these th- things that Liam always makes fun of because I use them for everything. So mm. I've got them as a tabletop here. I've got them for holding my TV up in the other room. The camera that's you're watching on right now is being <laughs> is being propped up by one of these. I've got a thousand of these things upstairs. Yeah. So I brought one home, clamped on that, sat it on the desk, and it's the same finish as my computer desk. And then just put the keyboard and a little bit of weight on it, and it was almost perfect. Right. Almost perfect. I just want to put a little rubber like um. Like a grip, a grippy sort of rubber. Oh, underneath it, so underneath it's a slider. Yeah, 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 and then I'm set. So that's yeah. great. That's great. Now, not the most ergonomical because like the steering wheel is very close to my chest. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I've got short arms, long legs. Okay. So, so, and having done chest both Monday and Tuesday, or I did Strongman on Tuesday and then I did like a big chest session on Monday mm-hmm. and then having the steering wheel like this and mm. then haven't raced for so long and like <laughs> absolutely wide. You're not, you're not in your, your strong zone when you're... Definitely not. When you're, yeah. Definitely not. But what, what I also thought Like this part's of, the hardest part of bench press. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm living there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living there for 25 laps. Yeah. So... Uh, but what was funny is that, because I played yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. and most Australians are at work, so I played with all these Americans, and these Americans are very vocal. They talk the whole time, and I was just trying to concentrate. Mm-hmm. But the lunatics, like, the I didn't want to go and do... I, I did what's called unranked. So unranked means that it doesn't actually... You don't lose or make licence points in these two different divisions. Right. And it's just oval tracks on a truck. So it's NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, oval tracks on a truck, which is basically NASCAR. Yeah. And um, and an oval track in an in an old Indy car. Mm-hmm. And you can alternate between the two. Two races in a row. I only did like five races. Two races in a row mm-hmm. during the formation start. I did not even pass the start finish line to start the race before someone had wiped <laughs> all of us out. Because if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just people getting on the power, like, because it's quite tense. <clears throat> Unlike a video game, like when on Forza, for example, it, if you did a rolling start, the computer would, would control, control you up yeah, until yeah. that first point. In mm. iRacing, you have to, you do it yourself. Mm. And so people just like, as soon as they see the green, they just flatten it gas and just spin, spin out. out. Yeah, yeah. But the last race one that I won, I had a shocking qualifying session, right? Actually an oval track in a truck come around the last corner completely sideways lost half a second and thought oh no I'm going to I'm going to be like at the back of the field mm-hmm. well I must have got a bad lobby because I ended on pole so I, <laughs> so I was going to start on pole I'm like okay this is going to be interesting mm-hmm. there's like 20 people in the race right right by the end of lap one six people were left <laughs> and you can see at the top of the screen such and such has disconnected. Such and such has disconnected. Yeah, such and such yeah. has disconnected. Smoke everywhere. Because only a small Charlotte Motor Speedway. Only a short oval. So just, I'm assuming that this is correct, but when these people disconnect, their cars get removed from the yes. track as well? Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, that's handy. <laughs> but, but on the start, even though I'm at, the, I'm at the start, I went gingerly into turn one because I'm, I'm not going to 
I don't need to go flat out and risk everything mm. or I'm at the start. The guy in second place thought he'd take the high side as fast as he possibly can and took like past me, mm-hmm. but I, I got a better run and he's starting to get loose. Mm. He hits the wall and I think, and I've got to give credit to this guy, I think he knew what was going to happen and somehow Alt F4 or exited the game because his car was spinning. Yeah, spinning okay. It was a 25 lap race. <laughs> uh, the six people that left, four of those people did not, did not last the second lap. <laughs> so it was me and this one other guy for 20 laps. Yep. And I won. For 20 laps? For 20 laps. Uh, 23 laps. Oh, okay. Because I was going <laughs> to say that the, it would have been perfect if part of the story was he crashed out on lap 23 and then you said to limp it to the end. No, well, I uh, I did touch the wall once because like your tyres degrade over over time and mm. so you got to change, change your lines and things like that. And I did slow down. I was saying to him over the radio because you can intercom people. I'm like, I'll slow down for you, let's race. Like, because I, I was sick of just doing lap after lap. Yeah. lap. I, wanted to, I wanted to race. And then I just got bored of that, so I tore away and got the victory. Nice. So, uh, well played, Al. Well played. So, what, what rank in the world are you in that? It's not ranked. <laughs> it's not ranked. But I want to get my confidence back before I start doing some of the ranks. I think racing. where it's tricky with something like that is clearly in the unranked uh, games you're just playing against the guys who are terrible, who don't mind dive bombing. So the actual dynamic of the racing is going to be completely different. It is completely So I would understand why you would want to try to get a proper feel for the car and obviously your simulator and stuff before you go back into the things that affect your license points. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, the the actual racing itself would be very different. Yeah, well, I've got a B-grade license. So you start, it's like rookie, D, C, B, A. Mm Mm-hmm. Professional, then professionals after that. Mm-hmm. So my road license is, is the most advanced it's ever been. So I've probably been playing the game on and off for five years. Okay. But I got a B class road license, and I reckon I'm going to lose it really, really quick because I've only done one B class race, and I kept looping it in qualifying. Right. Because I just the car was so fast. <clears throat> the best way to get to progress your license points is to be safe. Yeah. Don't crash into people. Don't cut corners. Um, Just finish races. Basically finish races is probably what gets gets you from rookie to D Mm -hmm. and maybe C. But C to B, you've got to now start finishing in the top three. Mm -hmm. You've got to start qualifying like in the top half and at least finishing in the top half. Not necessarily winning races. Mm -hmm. But I think the B class race, you need to be progressing. If you're not progressing, you lose points really Mm -hmm. fast. So... It's a bit stressful. That's why I need a good night's sleep. So thanks, melatonin. Now, I also want to talk about something else. I was in the car yesterday with a friend of the show, mm-hmm. and he told me a cool story that I thought would... I asked if we can share, and we can. Mm-hmm. Through the non-financial advice that he received through the RDO podcast, mm-hmm. him and his wife bought a car. Right, okay. All in crypto. Right. So... Uh, he had he told me in the car last night that he dabbled in crypto before, mm-hmm. and remember I think I was ragging on XRP yeah. in the day, and he that's what he'd had because it made sense to him, and his his rationale was 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 uh, was right. Yeah. So so he sold made made some money, but after he heard when not to buy, he bought. Right. Uh, Smart he heard, man. Heard he, yeah, and and wrote it up to the I think the other point where he said not to buy, and then he sold mm-hmm. and had twenty grand. Wow. Bought a car. Yeah. So, 
those are the things you can and can't learn from <laughs> from the audio podcast. You get it all here. Well, as we as we say pretty much weekly on this show, uh, take everything with a grain of salt. Do your own research. Mm. Make your own decisions. Uh, but at least we're possibly bringing some topics to your attention that you may not even have thought about researching in the first place. Yeah, I, I mean, the news doesn't talk about when and not to buy. They just tell you to be scared of it. Koshi's telling you to be scared of it. Yeah, oh, uh, well, yeah. All, all that happens that I've seen on, on mainstream news is they just tell you about how much uh, power Bitcoin consumes because there's the whole climate change uh, angle on the news at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, which is, um, which is bullshit, by the way. Just, I don't know. I, I don't, can't remember if we spoke about it here. Mm. A lot of people are comparing the amount of power used to mine one Bitcoin yeah. and calling that a transaction because these people don't know. Yeah. And what they always so, so just to confirm, you're talking about the, the Bitcoin power story is bullshit, not climate change is bullshit, or both? No, the climate's changing for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it does change. There's, yeah. We've got evidence of that. Mm-hmm. But the power, the power consumption thing... And also comparing a Bitcoin transaction to a Visa transaction isn't the full story. So, mm. so when you say, oh, uh, um, Visa only uses 400% less power than what a Bitcoin transaction uses, okay, but does Visa hold your funds? No, mm. it doesn't. Does, so when in that transaction, have you counted the power from the bank that holds the funds to the bank that's receiving the funds? Mm-hmm. Cashback notes... Uh, you know, the all that infrastructure, are you counting any of that stuff in? Or just what Visa does? And if that's the case, that's... I wish I could think of some quippy anecdote, which I can't, because I'm not an anecdote kind of guy. Mm. But it's bullshit. So Well, if you want a quippy anecdote, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how when someone decides they're going to push an agenda, the, the links that they'll go to, they, you just pick and choose data, and it doesn't matter if it's real or not, you just say it. People think it and feel it yeah. and act accordingly. Well, obviously, following on from last week's episode, some some conversations that I've had, like for a start, obviously very controversial topic, and mm. uh, I'm unsurprised that we only got a couple of comments on YouTube because again, people don't want to out themselves with their perspective on these things, and that's perfectly fine. I I completely understand that. I've had well, we had probably double the viewership on average that we normally get, so we. We normally film these things on a Saturday and drop them on Monday. It's Thursday, so the, the last video's only been up for three days now. It's had about twice the average views as what we normally get, and also twice the downloads on the uh, audio platforms as well. So, look, clearly it's a subject that uh, people are interested in. I also had a lot of people actually re- like reach out to me to talk to me about it. Yeah, I, I had some as well. Mm. And what I just find really interesting about... Look, this is just any number of subjects, but... I think we maybe have mentioned something similar last week, but in this day and age where you've got all the information at your fingertips, if you if you actually go looking for it, I feel like a lot of us are wanting to believe whatever we're fed more than ever. I feel like there is less of a, you know, uh, question question everything, do your own research mentality than there used to be. Yeah, is that yeah. fair to say? I, I think that is fair to say. I think it's I think it's. And it's not the nefarious. I think it's lazy. It's just, yeah. it's just, no, no, I've been told this, I've heard this, so that's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, with all the world's information available, we're choosing not to use it. Yeah. And, but just also we are, I had a conversation with someone during the week and it, it's, 
not not surprise me, but it's somewhat alarming because we were talking about, and I'm not going to go too specific with it, but we were talking about a particular subject and uh, I showed them a video which supported one particular side of, of the subject. Mm. Now, the person delivering the information was fairly aggressive. So the way that it was sold didn't come across as great. Yeah. But the information was the information sure. regardless. Now, the person I was speaking to was like, just hearing him speak, I, I just don't want to hear the rest of it. And I'm like, okay, but take, take the way he's delivering the information out and just what did you think about the information itself? And she's like, well, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm like, okay. That's a bit concerning because that just makes me go, all these politicians that dress up in the suit and tie and give you the polished speech that you want to hear... I'm more willing to receive that information than I am from someone who maybe is just a bit exacerbated because of how you know ridiculous maybe the mainstream uh, agenda is on it, and they've just been having this speech over and over again, and they're just they're delivering the information poorly. See, I think uh, I think that is really important. Is and that's why we structured last week's podcast the way that we did is that mm. we only spoke about facts and timelines because yeah. it's very easy to become emotionally invested in it, mm-hmm. and as soon as you do. You've just discounted everything you've said. Yeah. Well, the, the Donald Trump element to last week's story is the perfect example. He Everything that he said at the beginning of the pandemic, China virus, Wuhan flu, China's going to pay, the way he said it wasn't received well yeah. by anyone. But 12 months later, and once he's out of office and off social media and it's safe to talk about, he was right Yeah. about all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I just... But I, find but it, I, I, I challenge the people that, that think like that and look, I think you probably could have handled it better because you should find someone that delivers the information in a more concise way. Mm. Because it's big on it's it's massive in the that crypto community, right? These pump and dump like these YouTube videos that just yeah. try and try and drag you in with these outlandish claims. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to any of them because I, I don't receive that information well. The stuff could be right, for yeah. sure, but I don't want you throwing it in my face. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm that person too. Mm. And if I don't have to sift through that information, I won't. But I think it's on... If you're just saying no, 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 it's on you to support your beliefs, not to poo-poo someone else's. Yeah, that's a good point. If you disagree with someone, you need to be able to show... To back it up. Yeah, to back it up and to, to show why you actually disagree with it. And I actually saw an interesting example of this uh, on YouTube this week. And I think I sent you the video clip. So uh, there's a guy called Stephen Crowder. He, he has a show called Loud of Crowder. It's a very conservative uh, YouTube show. Mm. And he's had a bit of a feud recently with this other guy called H3H3, who I don't, I don't know anything about. He's good. He's inclined. Right. So I don't really know anything about it. But what I found really interesting was they've had a bit of a feud and then... Uh, Crowder put out the um, the invitation to Ethan to come on his show and have a debate over what they the particular subject matter that they were feuding over, and in the in the direct messages and stuff it was like no bullshit no tricks just come on and and have this conversation, and then when he when he actually came on the show. Ethan, as soon as it started off, pulls a Swifty and switches the feed to some other bloke who's been trying to have a debate with Crowder for ages. And the whole thing just turned into something pretty farcical. And did you watch this at all? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. So the thing that I found the most interesting about this is 
you obviously got two different camps. You got Crowder's camp and you got Ethan's camp and yep. their and their fans and subscribers on on YouTube. And you just go through the YouTube comments on on both of them. And now I had never heard of this Ethan dude before this, mm. so I've obviously watched some of Crowder's stuff. Don't agree with everything that he says. Some of the stuff I do. Mm. So, but I watch some of his stuff just to get that perspective mm. on things. While I, you know, and then I watch other things as well. But he released the the like unedited. Uh, video of, of the whole interaction and, and prior to when they actually did the the lead-in they were having quite an amicable conversation mm. and ethan was speaking to to crowder about like you know his wife and her pregnancy dramas that she's having all that sort of stuff it was really amicable real nice and then when they get into it he pulls this swifty now then on my youtube feed i had ethan's version of events pop up so i'm like all right let's just go on there and have a look at what it is and his version of the video was him basically rubbishing Crowder right from the beginning and saying he's a racist and a bigot and all these bad things and then had sort of chopped it up to make him look better or that he'd won the exchange or whatever it was and then you go into his comments and it's all of his guys going oh yeah like fuck that Crowder dude mm. and, and I, I just looked at that and I found it so interesting because I'm like people just see what they want to see mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what the information is a lot of the time, they just care about who it comes from and yep. what camp they're in. Yep. And whatever the person who is in their camp says to them, they just take it as gospel. And you can't live your lives like that. Because just I don't because know if you, you... If you got the... So so I, I agree with you. It was, mm. a, it was a bit of a debacle. It was a great troll on Ethan's part. It's mm-hmm. created great content for both of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so from from in YouTube world, that's exactly what everyone wants. Yeah, because you just want you just want views. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of whether it's the truth or not, you just want views. Yeah, it's entertainment. Mm. It's entertainment. And and the H three H three podcast is is a is a in like it's an entertainment yeah podcast. I did like I have to say because I I was a little bit I didn't like the bullying that Crowder and um, Dave Landau did. Dave Landau, who I'm a massive fan of, Dave Landau mm-hmm. is hilarious. How they just they railroaded that guy. I kind of get it because of the viewership thing. I kind of get that because it looks like mm. a little barnacle's trying to suck views off of the yeah. big, the big, the big guy. So I kind of, I kind of get that. But did you hear Ethan's line when it when he first flicked the switch about Spart- Spartans? No. Did you know that Spartans were boy lovers? <laughs> right, he just said it. Oh yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I cracked up. It's just a, it was a big troll. Well, it was. It, yeah, you've got to remove the subject matter out of it. It had nothing to do with it. It was never going to be about that. Um, knowing both parties, because I, I, I view mm-hmm. both of them, Ethan's just trolled the situation, and mm-hmm. now both of them have got stacks of content out of it. Yeah, and look, that's that's fair enough. If that's what they they wanted. I the way I took it, and again, this is probably because I didn't know Ethan beforehand. Mm. I took it as pretty soft when the whole point of it was to debate a subject. And as someone who I will often debate subjects with people, like you guys hear it on, you know, we, when, we, when we disagree about something, we'll debate it because mm. that's what we do. And I could understand where the bullying came from, from Crowder's crew, because obviously they brought this guy under, uh, on under, and yeah, it was a troll. It was so, a troll. So if you, get, if you troll someone, you can't expect them to treat you with respect in return. No, that's fine. But they they both won. Yeah. Because but, they both got sacks of content out yeah, of it. We're talking sure. about it. For sure. But yeah. again, like, regardless of that particular matter, I just, I found that so interesting as just a statement on where we're at as a society. Because we just want to hear whatever our, our leader is in our particular camp, literally whatever they say, as long as they package it up nicely for us, we're happy to just accept that information as gospel. And 
you do need to question just about everything that's said on the media these days. Because, like, I think uh, someone in our Facebook comments said it perfectly. As soon as there's money involved, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Mm. Because if someone's got some sort of financial interest behind whatever it is that they're saying, you can never be 100% sure that it's the truth unless you actually go and do the research mm. yourself. So don't just t put your idols up there and take... I mean, Fauci, perfect example. Fauci was the golden boy and the idol of, you know, of America during the whole COVID thing. He was up in lights. I haven't heard his name much on... Like, I haven't seen him on TV much lately. Mm. He was on TV every single day, just like Dr. Bill was. Because we put these guys up in lights and we believed everything it was they said until it was proven was false. And then now we're like, oh shit, maybe we could have done some, something differently over the last 12 months. Again, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a state of our nation now. I don't think this has ever changed. I think this is... I think you'll find throughout all of history, people tend to be tribal in yeah. their thinking, in their doctrine. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's ever going to change. So the only advice that I would give to someone is do not buy into it. Look after I... yourself. Look after your family. Look after your mental health. Mm -hmm. Look after your physical health. Yeah. And you will be one step ahead of anyone that's engaged in that space. Where, where I think that it has changed is general trust of government. No. No. You don't no. think that's changed? No way. I no. think people are more trusting of government now than they've ever been. No. No. I don't think that's changed. I don't think that's changed. There's, there's nothing that says to... Or give me an example of, what, of why, why we're more trusting now than... If you, if you would have gone 20 years ago and had governments of the world trying mass vaccination on an experimental vaccine for a virus with a 1% death rate, I don't think people would have copped it uh, 20 I, years ago. I, I, absolutely. I can, give you, I can give you the example. What? The war on terror. That was 20 years ago. And we all, uh, like Cronulla riots, the, the racial segregation that was built from that, that war. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, we fell for it. Yeah, no, Probably even bigger. Mm. Seeing as though Australia's got 3% of their population <laughs> vaccinated. There was more people at the Cronulla riots, I reckon, than have been vaccinated in Australia. <laughs> right, so the, I reckon you're probably right there. So, yeah. so I, and that's why I, I don't necessarily think. Yeah, fair that's enough. Case. You've changed my mind. But so I'll see also people say, out there, you're allowed to change your mind too. Uh, I don't know. Did I talk to you about this this morning? Koshi was grilling some New South Wales Premier about it. Yeah. And Koshi was pushing the... The, the vaccination. Yeah. Angle. And, and the government was just like... Eh, he was just like, yeah, testing, testing, testing. And they're like, no, no, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. So there's something else going on there. I still well, believe... I believe... I believe... The Australian government kind of gets... That we don't really need to do it. There's other mm. things that we can do. There's other measures we can pull. There's other levers we can pull to look after ourselves in, in regards to COVID. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we only have 3% is because they're telling the people that want to get the, vac uh, uh, the vaccine that they can go get the vaccine. Yeah. And they're giving it out for the people who don't want the vaccine to not get the vaccine. Yeah. And I think the, tr the, the large tribe has spoken where only 3% have. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting too, isn't it? How like, so only 3% of the population is vaccinated for COVID. And yet the angle on the mainstream media is all about supply issues. But I think that's part of it. Mm. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Go get it. It's not there. Go get it. It's not there. So, so just like you said before, people just hear what they want to hear. So mm. the people here go get it are going to go get it. Yep. The people that hear no supply, mm. they're not going to get it. Yeah. And they're playing both, both sides of this. I, to me, it's but as I, clear I as I haven't that. actually heard anyone like the in like when that supply issue stuff it all comes from like obviously the media like 
the news presenter will say there's a supply issue, mm. and then they'll get an expert on that'll talk about the supply issue. Or don't get an expert, get a get a, a commentator. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Which is we're just as qualified to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. and we're open for it too. Yeah, like, we're not making any money, money out of this podcast. I'll yet, some... So I'll say whatever I'll <laughs> if you want. Give me some of that cash cow money. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll come on the podcast and I'll tell everyone not to believe what I said. I'll, I'll dress as the cash cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they never seem to have a, have interviews with people who are like, oh yeah, I called the, the doctors to get vaccinated and they said they didn't have any vaccines so I didn't go. Yeah, but why would they? Do you know what I mean? Like, think, mm. Practically, to me, the game plan is as clear as day. Mm-hmm. Play both sides, keep, keep everyone happy. Let's move on. That's, that's Here, what I see. Here's an interesting angle to it too, which is the uh, state of emergency stuff. Mm. So I don't know if we discussed this on the pod before, but in, in Australia at the moment, in, in pretty much all states, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't checked Northern Territory or Western Australia because it's not really been front of mind. I've sort of looked at Queensland and particularly Mel, uh, Victoria because yeah. of obviously the issues they've had down there. Now, we, we've been in a what they call state of emergency, which means that our health uh, bureaucrats basically make all the decisions. And that's obviously because of the COVID outbreaks, etc. So one theme that's been really interesting, especially this year, so 2021, is how those states of emergency keep getting extended. So in Queensland, for example, the, the last expiry date for our state of emergency was at the end of March, 29th mm-hmm. of March. And then lo and behold, we had some cases in uh, at the end of March and the last week we had a lockdown and then they extended the state of emergency until the 29th of June. Mm-hmm. So that's a deadline that we're coming up to fairly shortly. In Victoria, the state of emergency was supposed to expire on the 4th of June. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, literally exactly a week before the 4th of June, they went into lockdown and the first, you remember the first lockdown was only supposed to go for seven days. Yep. Then they extended it for another week after that. Well, that seven days actually ran all the way up until the 4th of June. And then subsequently they've extended the state of emergency in Victoria until the 1st of July. So what I find interesting about that particular angle is I'm, I am wondering if, and this, this might sound conspiracy theory because this is just me trying to figure some stuff out in my own head. So take it with a grain of salt again. But I'm wondering if the reason why they have to keep extending the state of emergency is because the statistics they're getting in on the uh, adverse events and adverse reactions to the vaccines would typically be enough that if you weren't in a state of emergency, they would have to cancel the vaccination program completely. Yeah, I, I can see that angle, but I the, I think a less, a less evil uh, thing would just be, look, we don't know what it's going to do, so we want to have the powers in pocket. That's that's how I think. If I was sitting in power and go, okay, look, we're really teetering on the edge of cancelling the emergency stuff, but if something happens, we need the, we need to be able to have those controls in place. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I... That's what I think the conversations would be but the thing is you could switch the state of emergency back on whenever you needed to so that we had to switch it on maybe you can't well we had to switch it on at the beginning anyway yeah, so yeah, obviously yeah. there was a threshold of emergency we had to switch it on yeah the the reason why i'm thinking in this particular way is that like when something's in place and you can keep extending it obviously that's so you have continuity throughout the whole time but if if let's say that because, you know, obviously, conveniently, now we've got these cases in, in Queensland towards the end of the month, which 
uh, they actually said on the record they think is spread by a fully vaccinated person to hotel quarantine guests. Yeah. So there's another element to the story. Uh, I do, because I'm, I'm, again, I don't know what the threshold is and I would have to do some research on this as well, but I'm sure that there is a threshold of safety that if you have a drug of any kind on the market and you get the amount of adverse reactions and deaths following taking that drug, I'm pretty sure it gets pulled from, from usage. But because there's a state of emergency, because again, I don't think it's nefarious. I think it's that whole mentality of the, uh, the benefits of the vaccines outweigh the risks of taking the vaccines. So maybe in their heads are like, well, we keep the state of emergency going. We get as many people vaccinated as we can. Maybe we get ourselves to herd, herd immunity if that's what they're targeting, and then you pull a state of emergency off and then the vaccines go away. Well, didn't they already cancel? They've just, they've just announced the end of AstraZeneca? I don't... I didn't hear that, no. Have you got your phone on you? Do yeah. You want, do, you, do you just want to check that? Because I'm sure I heard it. And then I want to riff a little bit on... Did you just see on the news last night about Clive Palmer's uh, postal ballot... Say, sorry, postal ballot. Postal marketing campaign that he's, he's put these big red things talking about how many people have died from the... The vaccine. Oh, I. Uh, it was on the project. They'll slam him. On I the received that in yeah okay. in a post. The so they're day. slamming him. Oh, something like the law needs to do something about it. And then someone tweeted, and it was really interesting. Well, the information's lifted off the the TGA website. The TGA website. Yeah. So, so if you haven't seen it yet, like we've still is that got misinformation? The if it's off the TGA website, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just to give you an idea too, there's uh, one of the links that I put on last week's video was about the total amount of active COVID cases in Australian hospitals, because I feel like it's really interesting when you hear in the media the amount of cases, but we don't hear how sick those people are. We don't. We haven't heard obviously any deaths. There's been no no new deaths as we already discussed, but we don't know about the hospitalizations either because you can have COVID but be asymptomatic and not yeah. be sick, right? So I always find it interesting when I when I hear the stories of all the cases and stuff that actually revert to the, again, TGA website, which shows you how many active COVID cases are in hospital. So at the moment, I've just refreshed it. So there's in total, there's 45 in hospitals in Australia. There's zero people in the ICU. Mm-hmm. So they're only just hospitals. Uh, in New South Wales, where they have they just gone into lockdown now? I think we've closed the border. No, in New they're South not locking Wales. down. They're locked. They're locked within the state. Yeah. Okay. So they they've had mask mandates and all that sort of stuff. So in New South Wales, there's currently only two people in hospital. Okay. Uh, now in Queensland, there's thirty five people in hospital, right. which I find interesting. That and I'm assuming that these people must be hotel quarantine guests potentially because we haven't really been hearing about wide scale spreading in the community have we i don't no, i don't, think I don't so. remember hearing it on the news so and victoria is back down to four people so obviously victoria had 60 odd or 80 odd cases or whatever it got to uh no deaths and now you've only got four people in hospital yeah so i just i find that stuff really really interesting because will you can you look up the yeah let me look that up it, yeah it, I, I think you'd said to me off air before that they just, the, the media's pushing whatever the big number is. So the big number being, is moving from cases now to contacts. So how many, they're talking about how many contacts can... Oh, primary close contacts. Yeah, primary close contacts. Because one person now has 30 primary contacts. So it, it's just a bit of, it's just a bit of, bit of spin. But I, I thought I saw in the news last night that, and that was like a real short clip, that the AstraZeneca was going to be wrapped up by like the end of September or something and it weren't going to use it after that. 
Yeah, well, what's... The only things that are coming up, and this is on DuckDuckGo, so, again, as I said, I've, I've stayed away from searching stuff on Google because I filter out certain results, but nothing's actually coming up Twitter? Try Twitter? Have you got Twitter? I don't, I don't really use Twitter. Mm. Um, but the only news stories that are coming up is about people who've had their first after again, AstraZeneca shot have been uh, urged to go and get their second. Yeah, Gotta get rid of that stock, dude. Well, stock takes out in the financial year specials. Yeah. Get your second dose. <laughs> uh, and, and look, is that is that part of it? Like we've obviously uh, invested a lot of money in getting mm. AstraZeneca over here, and it is a, a a large cost to the the Australian taxpayer. So are they literally just trying to get through as many doses as they can before it gets pulled off the shelves? Well, also, as far as I can see, the second dose is not as problematic as the first. Yeah, see, that's that's where things get interesting for me, because is is AstraZeneca an mRNA? I don't think yeah, it, it is. is it? it is. It, it is. is? They, they all are except Johnson. Okay. So why do you think that the second dose is less pro- problematic? Because the because the person that's died from the first <laughs> they died from the first dose. If you're going to have an adverse reaction, you you're going to have it to the first. Yeah. See, this is where I think that the science will catch up with these mRNA vaccines because, so, that with the two doses, they're two doses of the same thing. They're not two separate mm. chemicals that they're putting inside your body. And like I said last week, why have we never used mRNA before? Well, it's because we've never been able to actually make it functional and safe in the past. And the reason for that is that, so a lot of people have experienced mild side effects from the first dose and then have experienced, and again, I don't know if this is from AstraZeneca specifically, but I've definitely heard this things like Pfizer sure. and Moderna overseas, but people have experienced, they, they, they've been saying the second shot really knocks them around and like hits them hard. And what, what my concern is with, with mRNA vaccinations is from the trials in the past, particularly when they, when they trialled some of these things on mink back in the day, they got the same sort of data as what we're receiving from the first dosages, which is your body's giving you the robust antibody response that they want to see. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's actually doing its job and mm-hmm. it is creating the antibodies. But what happens is when, you're then, when your body is then exposed to it again which can either be either by the second dose or also by actually coming into contact sure. with the, the disease in the wild. It's not that the actual dose or the disease itself is affecting you. It's your body is having, it's like an autoimmune issue where it's having an overactive yeah. immune response to it. And it's actually your own immune system, which is attacking your own cells. That's where I get concerned. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that what kind of the similar function of what COVID, how actually COVID kills you? Is is your uh, I'm just thinking back to like the first mm. the first months of the pandy, and they're talking about it's your body's over response to that on your lungs is what kills yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure mm. about that either. Uh, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, but we'd have to look into it. I'm not but, a but see, this is this is this is my concern with it because, and again, so I was having another conversation during the week, and it was about it was about AstraZeneca. And what I found really interesting about, and again, it could be dead wrong here because I could just be seeing a, a, a skewed view of, yeah, okay. So I could just be see, seeing a skewed view of what is happening through the media. But when, when you've had all of these negative news stories about the AstraZeneca vaccine, and in particular the TTS, that thrombosis with 
thrombocytopenia or the blood clotting disorder, instead of making people question the vaccine rollout altogether, it's just made people go, oh, I want the Pfizer jab because the Pfizer jab's the good one. Yeah. And that's that, to me, is a bit problematic as well. Yeah, the, because, it, well, it, it's not a... It's not a uh, smart method of like problem solving. No, because it's like it's like saying it's like saying oh, the hunting knife, the hunting knife is dangerous, so I'll I'll take the butterfly knife. Yeah, well, potentially, but it what's problematic about it for me is it's like well, I don't want the one that's shown up with instant side effects. I want the one that we don't know what the long term side effects are yet, and obviously we don't know what the long term side effects of AstraZeneca are either. Mm. But I, I heard someone say uh, an interesting thought experiment on YouTube the other day. And it's if, if you walked into a room and there's a revolver, so a six-bullet six revolver just sitting on the chair, and you picked up the revolver, put it to your head, pulled the trigger, and it, and it didn't fire. So just because it didn't hurt you, is it still a good idea to do that? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. I yeah. see what you mean. But it is a really, really, really obviously touchy um, oh, of course. Because and, it's just so much. And, it's, and this is one of those things that, like, again, I just want to re- reiterate too. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've, I've had all the other vaccines that are in regular supply. My son's vaccinated. Uh, or, and, and this is one of those things where you have to make your own personal choice on what it is that you want to do that you think is the right thing for you and your family. All I would say, as I said last week, is make sure that you're 100% informed on the decision that it is that you're making because at the moment my my concerns with mainstream media and also with with the government's marketing in regards to the subject is it's only showing you one side of it like yeah. there's this ad that keeps running on and I don't know if it's on, just on Foxtel because I, I watch a lot of sports on Fox but there's this ad running at the moment and it's got this uh, this doctor on it I can't remember what his name is but uh and it's, it's from the Australian government and it's talking about the COVID rollout, get, getting, not COVID rollout, <laughs> slip of the tongue, yeah. uh, the vaccine rollout. And it's like, it's the messaging in it is like, oh, so we're doing these things and the TGA has done their, their uh, checks on it and they've been proven to be safe and effective. Uh, don't forget, we're not safe until we're all safe. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes into like a cafe and it's the the lamest thing the barista hands him over two coffees and the barista's like yours is the two shot and then he's like <laughs> like it's the lamest thing i've ever seen but if i remember being in america right so you, I was you in wouldn't a, you wouldn't film the adverse reaction to the first sip of that coffee <laughs> like well it's a second sip that gets you <laughs> but i remember being in america uh years ago i think it was 2015 2016 can't remember off the top of my head but they've got a lot of pharmaceutical ads on tv oh yeah but with every single pharmaceutical ad, they have to, by law, list all the side effects. Yeah. And it's like, make us... And goes through the whole... And death. And death. Yeah. And it goes through the whole list of side effects. And yet we've got Australian government messaging, which is like, safe and effective. We're not, all, we're not safe until we're all safe. So in other words, if you don't go and get it, you're making everyone else in your community unsafe. Even though the latest case in Queensland was spread by someone who's fully vaccinated. Uh, but they're not going, oh, and by the way, current death toll post-vaccination is 303. See, I, but see, I don't think that's what the government's pushing. In my experience this morning, watching that clip this morning, that is a media-pushed thing. And look, the media's going to push both both sides because 
You know, they've got ads so to sell. So when you say watch the, cl- the clip, do you mean the ad I'm talking about? Or that thing no. Koshy? The, 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 the Koshy thing? Yeah, because the th- ad is literally, it's an Australian government ad. Sure. Yeah, and, and it, I, I don't know if we are subject to different advertising. Probably. Or if we're both absorbing the advertising in a different way. Okay. Have you seen that ad? No. Okay, there you go. Different advertising. No. So... I, I, I do think they, they're giving us an out. Because look, if they really wanted to, they could have more than 3% done. Let's be, let's be real. If they really, if the government wanted to, they could have 3% done. If the government wanted to, you shouldn't to, be able to drive, to. if the government wanted. If you, you wouldn't be able to drive down, like I've seen more uh, blood donation vans than I have, like surely you could just set up a, if it, if it wanted to be done, it could be done. Mm. Which makes me think, they don't necessarily want it to be done. But I think the media is pushing it and way harder. So why would the media push it and not the government? It's, it's scared. To, it's the scariest. It's the scariest thing. that you, It's the absolute uh, height of... of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the height of... Uh, oh, I feel like an idiot now. Look like it too. Scary... It's horrific, the, uh, like it's the best story to sell if to to spite, uh, to spread fear. So so to be really cynical about the whole media aspect of this, do you think that they're just trying to squeeze every drip out of the COVID fear angle and get as many people vaccinated as they can? So then they're already setting up their next major scandal, which is vaccination related issues yeah, after yeah. COVID moves out of the news cycle. I don't think it's that malicious, but I I think I think they they get on something, and they get on it hard. Be- because there's nothing them. else to talk about. If they, yeah, if they if they don't talk about that, well, they're not going to be able to sell tissues on during the ad breaks, or they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to sell the, the toilet cleaner or or health insurance. Yeah, I th- that is we know that that's what their their target is. Mm-hmm. We know that that's why they're in business, mm-hmm. and and I don't I don't think they're forward thinking about issues. I don't think they're willing to kill people to 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 make a story. I don't think that that that's at all. Mm. But this subject now, it's an easy one to push. It's an easy one to get um, buying for, and it's an easy one to look good. Um, and they were complicit mm. ten years ago in got to take down Saddam, yeah, weapons yeah. mass destruction. That's got it there. Twenty 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 years ago. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. They did it then too. So mm. it's it's that's just how they do it. That's, and it's normal. You know, it's you know it's an interesting subject that has moved its way out of the news cycle, uh, whilst simultaneously something else has come back in, is the whole uh, uh, treatment of women around Parliament House thing. That's that's completely gone out of the news cycle. And then this week, Barnaby Joyce just Stephen Bradbury his way into being deputy three PM again. Yeah, that is wild. Man. So if, any, if like I I loved when the Barnaby Joyce story broke because Batuta Advocate was on. Fire. Yeah, yeah. It was it was four to five stories a day yeah, <laughs> about of pure gold. Of pure gold. Um of of Barnaby uh like having to save money and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was hilarious. But it it's so interesting how it's like obviously um the the sexual misconduct in Parliament House and the treatment of women was was all that we were talking about for probably three months mm. at the start of this year. And that's all completely gone out of the news cycle. 
And then, yeah, literally this week, the guy who was unceremoniously dumped because he had an affair with his wife and impregnated a staffer is now our deputy PM. I'm pretty sure, is he acting PM at the moment? Because I think ScoMo's still in lockdown from his trip. I thought he was just the Nationals Yeah, so he's second in charge in the coalition. So what happened to, what's the, uh, what was the old deputy? I I don't really know. I think... I can't remember if I've got this right, but I think he made some speech about how... Just another white man. <laughs> well, no, how... Um, I think he pissed off a lot of powerful people because remember how we had that mouse plague yeah. down south? So he he's very much, obviously, for the country and for the farmers and et cetera. And he made some comment about how the, uh, the latte drinkers in the eastern suburbs don't have a clue what's going on and I wish that the mouse plague made its way to their homes and they had, like, rat poo in their house and the mouse, like, attacking their children. And it was something along the lines he should, of If that. he left the children part out, it, that's gold. Well, and it's true. Oh, yeah, but the thing is, like, you're still alienating voters, right? So those latte drinkers in the highly populated areas, they vote too. So they've just gone, okay, yeah, now yeah. you're pissed off. He's right. It doesn't make him wrong, though. Oh, it doesn't make him wrong. And, and I, didn't Scobie make that same comment about something else? He's like, the economic problems won't be fixed by... Uh, oh, the line was it's, like... It's always something like latte drinkers or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Which it, I don't mind a good latte too. I feel like I'm a man of the people, but I like a good latte. But I also drink uh, double espressos and I've had a lot today because I need it. <laughs> but, yeah, but where, where's most of it? On the floor yeah, of Yeah, it's office. on the floor. I... I my heart sank when I spilled that coffee because yeah, it was a full cup too. And it was just, I think it was that um, PTSD from back when, from childhood. Yeah, just, probably. Just hearing dad say, you're not allowed in the yeah. lounge room with drinks anymore. <laughs> but to, to going back to this, this story, so consider that. So when we're talking about how the media controls narratives and controls what we think, but also those polarizing subjects that they know are designed to make us argue with each other. Mm. So we avoid talking about what the real issues are. That was one of those polarizing subjects because I know like the whole, the Brittany Higgins scenario that had two different camps arguing with each other all the time over it. And it was the biggest deal in the country at the Mm. time, even during vaccine rollout, COVID's still a problem. We're having lockdowns. But even during that time, it was the most important thing on the news cycle. And now it's gone. And Barnaby's acting PM. Yeah, that is wild. Barnaby the beetroot head, acting PM. Crazy. And that's why I kind of feel like, to to a level, China and Russia, just laughing at Mm. at the West. Because they're they're, they're planning... Look, Russia probably not so much, but China definitely... Yeah. They've got a plan. They're executing the plan. Yeah. It's faultless. Mm. They're progressing fast. You know, in, in, in my generation, they've gone from poor to uber rich. Yeah. You know, in one generation. Mm. You know, what are they going to look like in two or three generations? Yeah, and like you said, because they just stick to the plan. It's all long-term yeah. thinking with those countries, whereas we're all three to four-year election cycle yeah. thinking. Um, it's that chess versus... First go. First go. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, that, yeah, they must be... You know, when they see the G7, you know, all having a chat, touching elbows and stuff, yeah. and the, you know, and they must be just going... <laughs> it's so uh, cringe, yeah. isn't it? All of that just... And, like, you know, if, if people want to talk about, um, like, white supremacists, if you looked at the G7 summit, they're the white supremacists. They are the supreme white people who are running the Western world. 
There is not there is not a, a, a different skin colour in the whole G7 summit. Is Germany in the G7? Uh, was there any women in there? Or was it all men? I thought it was all blokes. So is Germany not in the G7? Because Angela Merkel's still in power, isn't she? Don't know. Maybe I think she not. is. I think she is. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see her in any of the photos. No. But yeah, yeah, she white. <laughs> it's white. It yeah. is. It is a whitewash. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> it's it's not the tiki torture guys that you have to worry about. It's the actual white, the supreme the, the, whites. The, yeah, are... the supreme whites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that not what white supremacy is? They need a bit of flavor in the G seven. I think they need they they need a little bit of culture. Yeah, but like you said, like you know, even though you've. What, what I find really interesting, and getting away from the whole G7 thing, is uh, in that movie, The Social Dilemma, about social media, mm. the, they mentioned something in that movie about how uh, divided all the countries are becoming, as far as the people go, that have widespread use of social media. And that's possibly a key to like, China. Like I, I, I remember hearing stories early on about how China like banned social media and they're like, oh, it's, you know, obviously against people's rights and they shouldn't do that. But then there's other countries like third world countries where if you buy a mobile phone, they, if you don't have Facebook, they literally download Facebook onto your phone and set up a profile for you. And then those countries have started to become more destabilized than they've ever been because you've got these major corporations which are controlling the flow of information Mm -hmm. that people are literally consuming every single day. Mm -hmm. It's just super interesting. And is that part of, the, you know, China, Russia, long-term thinking aspect. I don't, I'm sure Russians are on social media. I, I don't think, yeah, I think Rus- Russians are, but China's yeah. not. Cause I, I, I've been to, um, when I landed in, uh, Shanghai mm. airport and tried to log in and it's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> nope. not, not today. No Google. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. But yeah, I, I, I do think we, are we are flailing as a, as a, like Western culture is flailing because we're worrying about things that are relatively minute whilst the forward thinkers are thinking about big picture. Yeah. And we're like, not working towards a big picture. No. And like, I think, yeah, traditional, traditional values, whatever you, your idea of traditional values are, have seemed to have taken a back step to a lot of these um, inflammatory subjects. Like traditional values such as, you know, um, treat people as you wish to be treated. Yeah. That's completely gone out the window yeah. now. Because, you know, like, like you said, that whole, if we go back to the Ethan's and Crowder thing, that, that could have been an opportunity for two people with differing views to come together and have a conversation. But for the sake of content, because it's what we crave on the internet, we've done a troll job and completely fucked it up. And now both sides are celebrating a victory. Yeah. Like, isn't that... No, but I like that. I think that's great. Yeah, and that. I think Did you see Alex Jones call out um, the <laughs> the Paul brothers? Oh, not on Flagrant Two. I it's, I didn't see. I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, it is so good. Yeah. So he is the funniest entertainer mm. that is out there. But he basically called out. He said he'll fight um, uh, Logan and uh, and Jake Paul and Jake Paul at the same time. <laughs> and if if they don't take him up on the fight then they're one and the same as Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call out. Yeah. Um, actually, the Paul brothers got called out by Anderson Silva. This is a story that you may have missed. So, you know, Anderson Silva, mm. UFC, great. So he, for Probably. a long... Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's healed up. Uh, he, for a long, long time, has wanted to go into boxing, but the UFC's contracts are so strict that well, if you're under contract, you've got to see him out. You, can't, you literally can't do anything else. And Anderson Silva's 46. 
and he, uh, I think it was on the weekend, he actually had his first professional boxing match, I think, since the late 90s, mm-hmm. like 98, 99, or something like that. And he's 46 years old, and he had a boxing match against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez's son, right. who was a former boxing world champion, yeah. and touched him up. Yeah. Anderson Silva. Long arms. Touched him up. Long hooks, yeah. Yeah. So, against a younger guy who's a box- former boxing world champion, and... You know, hit juniors never hit the same heights as senior. Seniors like a, mm. you know, deity in 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 boxing. But even so, extremely capable boxer. And Anderson Silva just touched him up. One by split decision, but that's because boxing's corrupt. And one of the judges was trying to give it to to Chavez, but absolutely touched him up. And then called out the the Paul brothers. I think he called out Logan specifically because they're about the same size. Does he doesn't speak good English? Does he? No. Then that's why that fight won't happen. Well, no, it won't happen because uh, Logan Paul will get destroyed by Anderson Silva. So Logan Paul's already uh, uh, apparently. I, I, I'm sure it was Logan he called out. Might have been Jake, but who, whichever Paul brother it was, he's already declined the fight. Um, I would assume maybe you're right. Not enough eyes, but also it ruins all the other fights that they're trying to go for. Uh, when a 46 year old former mixed martial arts champion. Who I think lost like his last four or five fights in MMA before he uh, he retired from MMA. So the only fight I want to see is Jake Paul versus Bunny Joyce <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, douchebag belt of, yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah, mm. well, that, that's that's what I'd like to see. Barnaby can probably throw down. Like when you think about, it, if you're someone who uh, has fallen into disgrace in the public eye but remained in it, you must know how to handle you yourself like to in a dust a of sand in your eyes and <laughs> on the desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. That might be something worth thinking about. Mm. Call them out. I think that's it. All right, I think that's it for the day. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next audio.